We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... Here comes the rush, and here's the hit. Second down attempt. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40, the guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Here, tested. Somebody stop that man. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mukes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. We're back. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Aaron Mukes, Sideline to Sideline podcast, alongside my co-host, David Gonzalez. What's going on, David? What's up, Aaron? Uh, glad to be back. You know, it's another fun week, week three in the books. Man, we got a lot to look forward for week four. But, man, a lot of craziness happened. I'm ready yes. to talk about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's crazy, man. It's week three already. I feel like I feel like football just started. No preseason, and we already at week three. Uh, kind of sad, but um, we're going to go ahead and rock with it. We got a lot to get to. Um, let's start right away, man, with the, with the breaking news that came out today before we even get into these players and Last week's performances, we got three players who tested positive for COVID-19 on the Tennessee Titans uh, after this weekend's games, game against the Vikings, and five personnel also tested positive. And what is that going to mean for this weekend? Obviously, we got the Titans going up against, uh, I believe, the Steelers this week. And then you got the Vikings have also been sent home from their facility, and they got a, they got a game against the Texans, I believe, this week. And... I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I don't own a lot of shares of players from any of these teams. A couple of shares of Big Ben, a couple of Deontay Johnson, who was already out with a concussion. So I'm not overly concerned if they decide to kind of reschedule games. But mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about what you think the impact's going to be on people setting lineups and going forward well, how they're going to approach this. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that the, you know, the elephant in the room is there are some pretty big name players on those teams. I mean, let's say for the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry was the first round pick for a lot of teams. And considering that Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are out, he's one of the top tier running backs and he just exploded for what, two touchdowns. So um, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you have a possible fill-in starter, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you have the top tight end well, so far in fantasy football, uh, Johnny Smith, uh, who's who's been playing, you know, some, ex- you know, excellent football in terms of just like real football. You know, uh, I, I don't know if he's – I wouldn't say he's the top tight end in terms of, you know, fantasy football, but he's been playing some really good football for the Tennessee Titans. You know, he's their top option, I should say, right now. Um, the other person that I, comes to mind too is, you know, if anything happened, you know, to the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, he's another one of those players where he was a first-round talent. Right. Um, you know, Adam Thielen, you know. So the list goes on. So I guess what I what I would say is, you know, use that waiver wire. Make sure you have some players that you can 
pop in your starting lineup just in case. It looks like the NFL is going to go through with starting the game regardless and just move it back to like a Monday from what uh, the word on the street is, right? So Yeah, yeah I, think, um, I think they're going to do the contract tracing or the contact tracing. And I think as long as all the, the future tests come back negative, I think they'll be in the clear. Um, and, and you mentioned you mentioned some of the big names. Um, this is, again, we're going to say it over and over this year. This is why we told you guys during draft time, draft for depth. depth. This could happen. It could happen again. It's not the end of it's COVID. It's probably going to happen again. It's going to happen again. This yeah, is no just doubt. the – this is just the, you know, the, the, the small incident, you know, wait till, you know, games start being actually canceled, like in uh, the MLB season. We saw that right away with the, with the baseball season, right? You yeah. know, a couple and, games canceled. And let it be, you know, things could change based on, let's, let's be honest, based on names, right? You have, so today was announced the three players, one was a D lineman, one was a tight end, and one was a practice or a long snapper. Um, and one was a practice squad player. So you're talking about these – it's not Patrick Mahomes, right? It's not Dalvin yeah. Cook who's been diagnosed. What's going to happen if, if a big name, a star quarterback, a star running back, um, a, you know, a franchise guy comes down with COVID, I think the NFL may take a different approach. Um, they may be more likely to, to postpone or to cancel or to, to kind of work with these teams as opposed to just some guys some at some positions that aren't as – as notable. So uh, we will keep an eye on that. Um, obviously we'll be bringing you um, kind of up-to-date information next week on whatever happens this week. But one, one thing I wanted to touch on regarding the, the COVID-19 fallout is how do you think the preparation for games, for instance, the Vikings have been sent home, Tennessee has been sent home. So they're not practicing this week. They're not game planning this week. Does that go into your thought process when you're, when you're putting in guys in your lineup this week, even if they do decide to play the game? Like, does it matter yeah, that no. doesn't have practice? I actually, you know, in, in terms of preparation for the actual game, man, I, I'm firing up all um, Steelers players against, you know, Tennessee Titans because I feel like the t uh, Steelers will have all week to practice. They're going to be prepare all week. And the Titans are kind of dealing with a situation that is unchartered. We don't know how they're going to react. We know they're going to have, what, Saturday and Sunday to maybe get ready, ready for a Monday game or maybe only Saturday a walkthrough. So right. um, they don't have that cohesiveness. They don't have that game plan ready. They don't have the – you know, they can't practice their two-minute offense. They can't practice any of their, you know, plays that they would script out to begin the game. So, yeah, I'm firing up Juju Smith. I'm firing up Ben Roethlisberger. So I'm I'm excited to you know see how the NFL deals with it, but I you know I'm concerned that the Titans are going to come up just to fall flat. You know they're set up for possibly even injuries too, right? Because right. they're not able to to practice the way they they should be practicing. You know, and you know that's one padded practice. That's one opportunity where you know they're just in a situation where hey, look, we're expected to suit up and play at a high level when, you know, we've never actually had any situation like this ever before in the history of NFL, you know, where you, you're kind of just expected to suit up and play when you had no type of preparation. So yeah, it's yeah, definitely uncharted, uncharted territory. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the teams approach it. Um, I, I mean, again, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what the NFL does in this situation. Cause I think it'll go a long way in determining what the rest of the season looks like when we have these, these things come up again. But um, 
So speaking of last week, after obviously the game that, that gave them COVID, Tennessee, Minnesota, we saw Derrick Henry finally get on track, score a couple touchdowns. Um, I wanted to point out a couple of people that I was excited to see play. We're not going to go into too much detail. Yeah. Quick episode. Um, I was happy to see Kenny Galladay get back on the field this week. Um, and I think you saw his immediate impact and what kind of player he is. Um, he's definitely a guy you just plug into your life yes. right away. And then the, my biggest, I would say my biggest takeaway was against my, my beloved Cowboys was Russell Wilson is continuing to put on a show and looks like he could be the number one fantasy quarterback this year. And, oh, man. And as a result of that, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I will admit, I kind of underrated both of them this year. And I probably should have had more shares of them where they were being drafted. And by me doing so, I, I think I missed out on, on, a, on a couple of teams. I did trade for, trade for him in one league um, for Tyler Lockett. I saw that. That, that won you a game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I think, you know, it was against you. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, we, we traded Melvin Gordon straight up for Tyler Lockett. And that, you know, that, that's something that I'm happy I did. But I, I feel like I should have more shares of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and, and I don't. So that's, that's bad on my part. But I was really impressed with what I'm seeing from Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. What say you this week? I was going to say, man, you know what? Uh, the hater in me wants to say, you know, what he's doing is not sustainable. He's, what, thrown for 14 TDs. He's on pace for some crazy historic numbers. Um, and he looks pretty much unstoppable, right? He looks right. like there, no defense can stop him. So um, what, what I, you know, to me, you know, there's nothing like a couple good NFL hits. And, you know, to me, I think that once people can start at least getting to him a little bit, we'll see if he can sustain this progress. But to me, he's the NFL front runner for MVP, him and Josh Allen, but he is the MVP. I'll Agreed. say that. Agreed. Agreed. So, so I'm okay. excited. Go ahead. I, I, Give me some names about who, who are you excited most about this weekend? Who kind of stood out to you? Um, just really quickly, a couple of guys that were, were, were better than what you thought or, or maybe even didn't perform the way you thought they were going to perform. Well, I'll say this, man. Um, I'm really uh, kind of – I really want to say that Lamar Jackson failed me this week because I thought he was going to put on a performance that at least tries – you know, I didn't think they'd beat the Chiefs, but I think they'd match – the intensity of the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs came in from uh, the front, you know, front minute, the the first couple of minutes, and just were, had a mentality that was way different than the Baltimore Ravens. So to me, that starts with the leadership. Uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't ready, whether that was mentally or had his team in a place to to where he can throw the ball twenty five plus times. I saw a stat where they're five and five when he throws the ball twenty five plus times. Uh, they're eighteen and one when he's thrown less than 25 times so um they're gonna have to win some ball games on his arm it's not gonna only be his legs so I was down on him down on Hollywood because Hollywood could have made a couple more big plays um also I thought that you know given the situation where Philip Lindsay was out I thought Melvin Gordon would have a bigger game um so uh, a little bit disappointed on him um super happy about how I think Stephon Diggs has surprised me a lot this season. You know, he, he was in a situation last year where he was competing with Adam Thielen. And this year he has shown that all he needed was those extra targets. It looks hey, like – Tell, tell no. me his ADP wasn't a steal this year. 
Man, he was <laughs> still. I have him in multiple leagues, and I just feel like I just took candy from a baby. Yeah. Because I was like, man, uh, the talent's there, but when he gets those targets, it's kind of like, wow, he's gonna be. He's putting up. I think. Wide receiver one numbers right now. So. I, I think what happened was with, with Stefan Diggs, especially, I think he goes to a place like Buffalo. Well, you leave a place like Minnesota where he put up, you know, him and Thielen were both borderline top 10 receivers, right? One year or whatever. Right. And then you go to a place like Buffalo, who's uh, was considered a run first offense. Josh Allen's not, wasn't the most um, pass happy. He tends to run a lot quarterback. And then, Everybody was like, well, he's not going to get the opportunities with John Brown there and Cole Beasley and then him. And I, I didn't think people thought he was going to see enough targets. And I think what's happened is as soon as they brought him in there, they've incorporated him and has got, said, hey, you're our guy. We've, we've put this draft or this, this trade capital into you. You're going to be our number one receiver, and we're going to make sure you get your looks. And I think he's paid off for those people that took chances on him either later in the draft or even reached for him earlier than, than he was going in – in drafts and I think it's definitely paid off agreed the other guy that surprised me a lot and you know somebody that I I talked myself into getting in a couple leagues but I feel like I could have got him in more like dynasty more keeper leagues and that's Alan Lazard he's really shown some things to me you know in terms of being able to step up and make big plays for Aaron Rodgers so um Alan Lazard and also you know, um, I know that the uh, Cowboys, uh, there's been some kind of things in the media about whatever uh, Jerry Jones misquotes. But, you know, I think Dak is playing his ass off. He's putting up points. He's leading that offense. So I don't think you can blame him. It's more so the defense, you know. It's more so uh, they got to get back to running the ball consistently because I know they want to throw the ball. But when they are healthy and they're winning games, it's because they're controlling that clock. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Dak is uh, definitely a top five fantasy quarterback. I mean, you're surrounding him with a ton of weapons, and they're given the opportunity. And Mike McCarthy, whether no matter how you feel about him, he he has coached Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and he's always had good quarterbacks, and he's they've been productive. So I, I see him as a top five fantasy quarterback. One thing I, I'm concerned about right now is I, I'm not going to say I'm concerned about Zeke's production fantasy because I think he's still end up top top five back um, this season but I'm concerned about the offensive line they're constantly shuffling around I mean last game they benched their right tackle they moved Zach Martin out to right tackle um, you know there, there's a lot of movement on the offensive line um, Tyron Smith has been in and out of the lineup and I think that is affecting their run game significantly right now and I also think that it's put a lot of pressure on Dak to perform which is fine which is what you know he wants to do he wants to prove he's he's there for that contract or whatever but I think it's forcing them to do things that they don't want to do. And that is get into these pass happy games and, and lose the, the, the time of possession. And they're a team that's built on time of possession. When you have they a really defense, are, when you have a defense like that, you can't have on your defense on the field all the time. No, so, you can't. No, so you can't. they need to fix that, but I think they get it right. I think, you know, let's not overlook the fact they start the season on the road against the Rams. And regardless of what the Rams were last year, they look a lot better this year like they were two years ago. Then they, they went at home against Atlanta, and then they, they went on the road to Seattle. And again, they were right there in that game. So I'm not too concerned about it. They have the remaining – the remaining schedules ranked number one in the league. So it's the easiest schedule remaining in the league. They play in a terrible division. There's going to be a lot of fantasy points to be had in that offense. So I'm firing up all Cowboys. Uh, Zeke, 
uh, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Blake Jarwin, Dak. I mean, we even saw a, a Cedric Wilson sighting, and I don't even, you know, I don't even think people knew about him. So, no, I I completely agree, and I think uh, one of the guys. I know there's a lot of weapons over there, but I think Amari Cooper has been a lot more consistent than when people have thought. You know, he's out there. You know, I think he's had six plus receptions and 80 yards um, in multiple games already. So. Um, he's been Mr. Consistent over there as opposed to a lot of the other players. You know, CD's been up and down, Gallup's been up and down, but Amari's been consistent, I think. So. Yeah, Amari has uh, averaging 11, I'm sorry, um, yeah, 11 receptions, 11 and a half receptions or targets a game. So that's, that's a good sign, which is something we didn't think was going to happen, especially with all those weapons. Um, and yeah. his, his consistency was something people questioned in the past. So I think... I think it was being more consistent this year. I think that's definitely a good sign. Um, I wanted to touch on one thing with Lamar. You mentioned about Lamar Jackson. I don't think Baltimore, I don't think Baltimore's doing him justice. I think they weren't, I don't, I think they got out coached in this Kansas city game and he's been a bit underwhelming, but I think it's because they're trying, I think they're trying to develop him as a passer. And I don't think they want to run him as much. And obviously that's going to hurt fantasy owners. I think what they're trying to do is develop him as a passer so they can so they can have success in the playoffs. And I don't think they're built that way right now. I think they just need to let him be him. They don't have the weapons on the outside. They have Hollywood Brown, who's probably not your traditional receiver, and then Mark Andrews. Outside of that, it's not like they have a ton of weapons. And I think that's that might be hurting Lamar's value fantasy. And I'm pretty grateful that I didn't get too many shares of him this year because I'm kind of concerned about his production. Fantasy wise, I still think he's a you know, he has all the talent in the world. Yeah, but if he's not running for a hundred yards a game and getting into the end zone, I think his fantasy production is going to suffer, and we've seen it these last two games. Yeah, I mean we're talking about a guy who a lot of people probably took in the end of the first round, maybe early second round. So if we're talking about somebody where return for your the capital you spent, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, somebody like a Lamar is probably not returning the value you thought he was going to get, you know, when he was dropping 30 fantasy points a game, throwing, yep. you know, two touchdowns, running a touchdown, running for 80 plus yards on the ground, throwing for 200. So, um, I mean, if you're looking for that, go go no further than Kyler Murray. You know what right, I mean? Right. So, and you could have got him a couple rounds later. Or so, even or even Josh Allen at that point, who's who you can get four or five rounds later than that. So. Yeah, so it it has been kind of underwhelming, but not to say that he's not an amazing quarterback still. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, you know, in our league, we got what Russell Wilson in what the seventh, eighth round, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> so, but another guy too that I want to point out to show me some things, and uh, a guy that I believed in before too is Daryl Henderson and Miles Gaskin. You know, I, I think these two guys have actually uh, shown enough on their teams to where they can get uh, – they're getting considerable amount of touches right now. Where did um, Miles Gaskin are... come from? I, I mean, th think about it. Everybody, Because <laughs> I was on him last year, right, towards the end of last year, right? Uh -huh. they, they started to play him, and I'm like, oh, I liked him. I liked him in college. But when they go sign uh, – they sign – or they trade for Jordan Howard or sign Jordan Howard, they trade for – Matt Breda, I'm like, oh, there's no way Gaskin's going to get looks. And now you look at him, he looks like the best back there. And I just think that goes to show with their, their coach. He's playing the best player they have. 
Yeah. And not a, not a lot of coaches do that, i.e. Adam Gase. Adam Gase, who will sign, you know, and play the most, like, <laughs> trash players ever. Like, I'm surprised he's not fired, by the way. Um, the Jets look absolutely horrendous. Coming soon, and I guarantee that. I, I, I don't know. Quote me here, but I don't think Adam Gase is going to last through the whole season. He's clearly, you know, he held back a lot of players, and we're not, we're not just talking about, you know, Jamal Adams. We're not just talking about, you know, the premier players. We're talking about – I think he's going to ruin Sam, Sam Darnold. You know what I mean? Like, so um, the Look Jets no further than to... Kenyon Drake. I mean, really, that's your – look no further True. than Kenyon Drake. What happened when he was under Gase in Miami, and then now he's in Arizona, and he's thriving. And Devontae like Parker. Was, yeah, Devontae Parker. All these guys are doing better once Adam Gase departs, and that's, that's saying a lot. It really is, man. Um, and, and I think that until they get him out of there, you know, the Le'Veon Bells, the Crowders, you know, they'll have some game-to-game value. But if we're looking about long-term fantasy season, I wouldn't hold your breath for consistency because, if anything, Adam Gates has shown no consistency. Um, another player that I, I, I've been kind of itching to talk about is, you know, the emergence of some of these newer tight ends, like Noah Fant. I know you're big on him. Hawkinson has been doing some things. Um, and there was a Gronk sighting, too. So that was pretty interesting for week three. What you mean? Gronk um, was brought there to block, right? <laughs> <laughs> that You got to love that clickbait. You know, uh, the setup was real for that one. Yep. And no, I, you're right, though. The tight end, I, I like the tight end conversation because every year we talk about the lack of depth at tight end. And I don't want to say it's, it's changing because I think tight ends from week to week are kind of yeah. up and down in general. But I think there are a lot of guys that can produce. And if you got guys, for instance, a Mo Alley Cox, who is looking good in Indianapolis, and you know Phil Rivers loves his tight end, or you got guys like Noah Fant or Hawkinson, I think you're going to be okay. Because in a lot of leagues, I got Mark Andrews in the last two weeks. He hasn't given me anything, right? So when, when you're not talking Travis Kelsey, I think there's a lot of guys that you can plug into your lineup based, either matchup based or just, um, you know, if you're looking for eight, nine, 10 points from your tight end that you can feel comfortable putting in your lineup. And I, I think, I think that's important, especially when you're playing in these, in these deeper leagues and you're not able to get a Kelsey or an Ertz or a Kittle and, and you're searching for guys. I think there's a lot of guys out there that, that offer some value later, later on. Should we go through our optimal lineup? Yeah, so um, one more thing I wanted to touch on before we get to this last week's optimal lineup and then we get to this week's was you mentioned Daryl Henderson, and I wanted to point out a quote from Sean McVay today said it's he envisioned Daryl Henderson being the guy. Um, it's hard. Ooh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, it's, it, he said – I don't want to – I didn't want to quote him exactly, but he was asked the question – is Daryl Henderson the, the every down back? And he said, it's hard to envision he's not with the production he's been giving. Um, so I think that's encouraging. You know, in this league, if you're injured, you can lose the job. And Cam Akers, although he's a rookie, and they, I'm sure they like him, him being injured and battling injuries, and then even Malcolm Brown hurting his finger, allowed Daryl Henderson the last two weeks to get the bulk of the carries. And he's shown that he's able to, to – to he handle looks the good, right? He does. And I it, test. He just looks. He looks fast. Hey, you know what this reminds me of? 
when uh, Devontae Freeman came out. And, and Tevin Coleman was supposed to be the guy. Right, right. <laughs> and he stole the job based on how he was balling out, but you couldn't deny him. Right. And that's, that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to take a ch- advantage of those opportunities. And so I really like that. Um, I've never been a big Daryl Henderson guy, but I do have him in a couple of leagues just because I didn't know what was going to happen with the Rams backfield. So I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, no, uh, right. I, I agree. And, and one more, I have to take a little victory lap on this. Finally, Austin Eckler is getting those. <laughs> Finally. I was, I, I it was only a matter of time. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. 11 catches last week. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm ready to go with that. I mean, but so. that, you know that's where his value comes from because it's hard for him to get, to be that I'm going to carry the ball 18 times for 100 yards. It's not his normal yeah. his style. So you need those. You need those checkdowns. You, he needed Herbert. That's all he needed. That's at the end of the day. That's all he needed. And it looks like Herbert is you know clearly the the superior player at this point. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you know, punctured lung and all. Yeah, um, he's probably not getting back. Yeah, I don't see that happening. So. Um, I think Austin Eckler, if you guys did draft him early on, you guys can now exhale and feel good about that. So um, I think, that, I think, that, I think Justin Herbert hired that doctor to puncture Tyrod. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> the, the same, the same doctor um, uh, for the uh, LA charges is, is the doctor that did Brandon Roy's surgery a, a few years ago. Oh, for see the, the Portland trailer, but <laughs> Greg Odin. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, there you have it. That answers all the questions. All, all right, you so need to know. so the optimal lineup, man. Hey, I tell you, we we both had a player that didn't play, so <laughs> it was it was even there. It's hard. When, I mean, when we're picking these optimal lineups early in the week, before the injury reports really come out, so it's hard to to know if these guys are going to play or not. So you know, we have some sometimes where they're not up to par. But um, it looks like you got me again for the for the third straight week. I don't know what I, was, I don't know what's going on over here. The final score, final tally was what did I got here? It was one sixteen. We had a low scoring week. Obviously, we were missing a player, but it was one sixteen to one oh nine. So you got me by seven. Close. Close. Yeah, yeah, it was it was close. The biggest takeaway was you had a huge day from Austin Eckler, and a really good, <laughs> really good day from uh, Allen Robinson, which was that was a nice pick there. I liked that. And then on my end, I didn't get much from Cam. Of course, he disappointed me this week. And then uh, Nikhil Harry didn't do anything, obviously, that combination. But I did get 30 points from the Colts defense. And if it, tells you, if it tells you anything, if the team is playing the Jets, take their defense. Because <laughs> the Jets are the Jets are atrocious. Sheesh. So um, you can say that again. You can say that again. And you had some consistent guys. Uh, Joe Mixon was once again, disappointing. I'm I'm getting worried. I'm not going to lie. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the Bengals want to be more pass heavy or the offensive line is just that bad, but I'm getting a little concerned. Um, I really had big plans for Joe Mixon this year. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, I see they're using Joe Burrow and they're, using him in the best way possible. They're spreading things out, letting him throw the ball around. Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, T. Higgins. Shout out to T. Higgins, who made some big plays when it counted, by the way. Um, I think that his his dynasty value is on the rise, faster than anyone anticipated, especially with A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. But anyways, yeah, I think that 
with Burrow, they're really catering their offense to him. And instead of ground and pound and giving Joe Mixon those 25 touches that, you know, and getting him going early, you know, they, I think a lot of the times you got to get him go, get him going early and then not just go away from it. Right. But I think with the Bengals, they've had some games where they just got out of hand and game script, game script, you know, so Joe Burrow's been throwing the ball a lot. But um, yeah, no, I am. I'm a little bit concerned as well. Like, and, and I'm kind of upset that um, it seems that it's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah, it, you know, it's in it's terms con- of Joe Mixon. It's concerning, and but but it, let's be honest. If you drafted him, you have to write it out. I mean, you're probably if you try to put him on the block, you're probably not going to get the value you want because people are going to be down on him. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things. You either pray for a monster game and then dump him. Or you just say, you know what, I'm going to write it out, and maybe he does like last year where towards the end of the year he started to pick up steam. Um, but either way you go, you invested in that, in that draft pick, and you're probably going to be stuck with him at this point. And it's hard to Pretty bench much. him, right, because he's – you know, if you don't really have much, many options there, it's, it's hard to keep him on your bench. So unless you, unless you were able to get a guy – like honestly at this point, if I got a guy like James Robinson off of waiver wires – and I was debating between the two right now, I'd probably go James Robinson over him uh, just, because, <laughs> just because of opportunity. I, Man. Think, I think James Robinson's a viable in the pass game. I think he's, he's shown to be a good runner. Until Mixon shows me he can, he can actually have a game that's worth something, um, I'd be looking for alternatives, but it's, it's going to be hard because there's not many guys out there that I would say, especially waiver wire pickups, like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a better option than Joe Mixon. That is true. That is very true. All right, man. So let's let's get to it. I gotta get off. I gotta get off this. Uh, the snide, man. I can't. Zero and four. I don't know what I would do. So uh, <laughs> first off, we took we took L's in both our leagues together this week. Oh um, man, it, it, it was a rough week for us. But I'm not. I'm not concerned. I'm looking at our squads, and our squads are fine. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about our running back situation in the CBS league. But it, it yeah. was kind of it was kind of good news to have Tariq Cohen. I don't want to say it's never good news the guy gets hurt, but having David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen now out with the ACL injury, I think that boosts uh, Montgomery's value a little bit more. Maybe he gets some passing opportunities. Um, maybe they they lean on the run a little bit more. We'll we'll see there, uh, especially with Nick Foles taking over. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried about the running back situation there. But the other league, I'm not. I have no concerns at all. I think our team is fine. Yeah, no, we're we're pretty stacked in the other league. Uh, CBS will have to be do some scouring or ma- make a deal or something. But yeah, um, I I think it as is we're still strong. But yeah, well, we I, did lose. I like the idea. We we should be getting Debo back in uh, a week or so, and if he's looking good and everything seems right, we ha- we do have some wide receiver capital that we might be able to flip for for a running back. So um, that might be something we have to explore. Yeah, and. and I just want to say, yeah, thanks for picking up uh, Henderson, or did I do that? I forget who did that. But either way, uh, we got Henderson, so I think yeah, that that's going to – I think that's going to uh, give us some uh, some leeway, especially until J.K. Dobbins officially takes over that backfield and Gibson starts, you know, returning capital for us. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, that's true. We do got Antonio Gibson, who I think as the season goes on and Washington falls well, further well, out. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. But it's just we need these guys to uh, – someone, one of these guys to step up in a major way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So this week, let's get to it. Um, trying to get off, the, get off the wagon here. My quarterback, I'm going Jared Goff. 
Um, usually, like every other week, I am going to do a quarterback-wide receiver combo. So this week, my quarterback-wide receiver combo is Jared Goff and Robert Woods. Um, the Rams have been playing very well offensively. I think they're looking like the 2018 Rams a lot more than what they were doing before. Um, they're going against the Giants, and the Giants are just bad. Um, that Something's going on in New York there. I think they all got COVID over there. Um, so we're going to go Jared Goff, Robert Woods. <laughs> I'm going to take DK Metcalf. Ooh. Um, I, the way Russell Wilson's just playing, they're playing the Dolphins. I was kind of tossing. I was kind of tossing up whether it was going to be Lockett or Metcalf, but I'm going to go DK Metcalf. Um, and then I'm going DeAndre Hopkins, the most consistent wide receiver right now in football. His his target share in Arizona's offense is unreal. Uh, he's he's probably going to finish as the number one wide receiver, wide receiver just because of sheer volume. And then for my running backs, I'm actually taking. I, I like that Arizona game. I'm taking Kenyon Drake. And I'm taking Josh Jacobs. And, again, the Josh Jacobs pick, they're playing the Bills. And I saw what Daryl Henderson did to the Bills last week. And I like the Raiders' offensive line. I love that they love to give the ball to, to Jacobs. Tight end, I'm going to go to the Thursday night game. I'm going Noah Fant. Um, basically only one reason. He's playing the Jets. <laughs> so, so Mo Alley Cox. that undrafted, undrafted free agent quarterback. Yes, uh, yes, which, uh, you know, I'm going to say I- I'm not a fan of the only player that I'm excited to start in Denver right now is Noah Fan, and mainly because there's something about young quarterbacks and tight ends. Um, yeah. You know, they, they want to get rid of the ball quick. Tight ends usually run in the shorter routes. They're usually getting open quicker. Uh, but I'm not excited about the Denver offense anymore as I was when Drew Locke was there. So Noah Fant would probably be the only – Denver Bronco that I'm excited for. And then my defense, I'm taking the 49ers defense against Carson Wentz and the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. As you know, and all my fans out there know, I am done with Carson Wentz. He is terrible. And I don't never want to hear a comparison between Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott again. Until, <laughs> until he does something that, that says otherwise, I don't want to hear a comparison. I won't even listen to it. So uh, Carson Wentz, I- I'm waiting for the, the time Jalen Hurts gets, but I'm going to take the 49ers defense, probably get a couple interceptions, maybe run one back, and I'll take them against the Eagles on Sunday night. What you got? Uh, I'll start with uh, Baltimore defense. I think they're going to show up this week because they were a shit show last week against, uh, well, I guess, Kansas City. Anyone would be a shit show, but uh, I'm going to go Baltimore defense. They got a I'm good matchup, go, too. They're playing the, the, uh, the Washington football team, so that's a good matchup. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm going to go Devontae Parker for one of my wide receivers. Okay. I like that, too. Matter of fact, I think I plugged him in our lineup in one of – I think in the CBS League. I think it's just a good matchup, right? They're playing Seattle. Uh, I'm going to go with – I'll take quarterback. You know what? Give me – oh, uh, running back, I'm going to take Devin Singletary. Okay. I'll need another running back, I believe. I'll take – Mm, 
Give me for wide receiver. Give me Stephon Diggs. So got he- Diggs, Demonte Parker. Heavy on the Bills. I see you. You just doing that so you can watch them when you watch your Raiders play. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, I'll take. Let's see another running back. I'm gonna go with. Hmm. Give me for tight end. Give me Ertz. Zacher. Dallas Goddard got hurt. That's a good pick there. Yeah. Should see should see some volume. We'll see what happens. Uh, give me Kyler for quarterback. I like that I too. Ky- Kyler Murray bou- bounce back game right here. Struggled a little bit last week. Three picks, but against Carolina, I think I think that's a good pick. I have one more wide receiver. One receiver, one running back. Give me one wide wide receiver, one running back. I'll take. You don't want to throw out Justin Jefferson after his performance? What? (laughs) I can't believe I dropped him in one of our leagues. Man, it's it's hard in redraft. It was hard to roster him in redraft. But those dynasty folks and are and those Devi folks are like, what? Here we go. And, uh, I got him in keeper though. I needed him in keeper. Yeah, he looked. He looked um, good. So, yeah, especially with that busted coverage, seventy yarder TD. Right? That always helps. <laughs> that always helps a lot. Um, so, running back, give me my guy. I'll have to go with. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Give me Miles Sanders. Give me Miles Sanders this okay. week. And I have one more uh, wide receiver. I want to go Devontae Adams, but I'm not sure if he's going to play. Well, why don't you give me Devontae Adams and then give me another one? Because I was going to okay. do Devontae too, but I went yeah. D-hop instead. So give me Devontae Adams okay. and then somebody else and, as well. And Mike Evans if he doesn't play. Okay, there we go. So. All right, so we got Jared Goff, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, Robert Woods, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, and 49ers defense going up against Kyler Murray, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, Devontae Parker, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, if he plays, Zach Ertz, and Baltimore defense. All right, man, so we'll see what happens week four. Um, quick show for everybody tonight. Um, we're, we're, we're going to see what happens with this COVID talk. And if, if something comes about games getting canceled or postponed or, you know, who knows, but hopefully the NFL gets a, gets a good handle on this and we don't have any issues moving forward. But if so, we warned everybody. So you can't be mad if you're, if your lineups without players and you have holes because you didn't draft well. So, um, go scour the waiver wire, find some, find some gems, go, go get the Josh Malones or the Braxton Berrios and play them on Thursday night. Who knows? Two, two little uh, waiver gems that I'm going to probably drop on one of these tweets for SAC experts. Um, Greg Ward and Cole Beasley, both uh, probably underrated and underowned. Um, probably will have not only just this week, but maybe season long value. So good, good two wide receivers value. that are on two wide receivers on the radar Ward and Cole Beasley. Go ahead and pick them up if you got another spot. There you go. And if you want to, if you want some more information or just news, notes, fantasy, uh, waiver wire gems, again, you can follow David at uh, SAC Experts on Twitter. 
follow the podcast at S2 Podcast on Twitter or sideline to sideline underscore podcast on IG. And until next week, good luck on your fantasy matchups this week. David, any uh, any parting shots? Yeah, man. Um, again, always a fun time talking football with you. Follow this guy's podcast. He talks a lot of shit, has a lot of fun doing it, and uh, you'll learn some things, everybody. So if we're all trying to win some money and uh, win some uh, fantasy football matchups, he's one of the guys you want to listen to. Let's all get right, paid. Everybody. Checking out, and we'll see you next week, huh? Peace out. <laughs>